0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I promised you we would come back today and do a follow-up on episode 237. If you have not yet listened to episode 237, please go back and do that now. In 237, I was talking about the link between what we eat and our immune system, and here's why I felt it was so important to talk about that. More often than not, The symptoms we are experiencing, whether it's trouble losing weight or low energy or acne or eczema, bloating, constipation, or even more extreme things like migraines or arthritis, it very likely has something to do with what you're eating. Now, let's step back for a second and think about this from a common sense perspective, which you guys know know, I don't love all the like complex stuff. I think the answers we seek are usually the most simple ones. Think about this for a second. Your body does a lot of stuff. The only way your body gets fuel is when you give it. So everything your body receives in order to function in every way, big or small, is from the food you eat, the air you breathe, the water you drink, Your body's operating capacity is directly resulting from what you consume. We do not plug ourselves in at night. There's no alternative fuel source that gives our body what we really need so that we don't have to take nutrition seriously. No, your body functions based on and powered by what you eat. So if there is something going wrong with how your body is functioning, it very likely is tied to, in one way, big or small, what you are eating. And in episode 237, I talk about why this is true in many ways. I talked about what happens to your immune system when you consume something to which you are sensitive. And today, I want to talk about the next logical thing. You might know, for example, that you aren't allergic to eggs. You eat them every day. But you might not know whether or not you have an intolerance. And today I wanna talk about the difference between food allergies and food intolerances. And I'm also gonna share my own personal food intolerances that I just discovered, like mm, today is Monday, I think Saturday, I, I got my results back. I didn't know about any of them. And one of them is a food that I eat pretty much every day, sometimes multiple times a day. So no wonder things started to get jacked up. We'll talk about the signs of whether things are good or maybe the signs that things are not so good and then what you can do about it. We will talk about the most common foods to which people have developed sensitivities or intolerances and why those foods trigger problems and how you can determine if you have one of them. If you have not yet listened to 237, please go back and do that first because a lot of this really builds on what we talked about in 237. So I think we all kind of understand intuitively that a food intolerance is different from a food allergy. Someone who is lactose intolerant might get a tummy ache if they have ice cream, but somebody that is allergic to peanuts could die if they consume them. I think we all have that basic understanding, right? I was eating a food to which I was fairly significantly intolerant, but I wasn't breaking out into hives or going into anaphylactic shock in the way that some people with allergies would respond if they consumed a food to which they are allergic. So when we're talking about food allergies, consuming something to which you are allergic, reacting to something to which you are allergic, that allergy triggers a response from your IgE antibodies, E as in Elizabeth. And that response from the IgE antibodies is immediate and can be anywhere from mild to severe, but it is fast acting and it usually resolves fairly quickly. Seconds to minutes is going to be the initial response time, right? And in episode 237, I talk about how there are different types of antibodies, IgE being one of them. And these antibodies patrol for different things and they have different response times and intensities. So the IgEs are going to be more intense and more fast acting. But when we talk about food intolerances, we're talking about responses from a different group of antibodies altogether. They are not picked up by those IgE antibodies. They don't have usually that immediate and intense response Food intolerances trigger a response from your IgG antibodies, and those usually act more slowly. Sometimes you don't even see a reaction for days afterwards, which makes them tricky to figure out because if you eat something to which you're sensitive and then get a migraine three days later, you probably don't. Put it together that one led to the other. Or if you consume something to which you're sensitive and then next week you struggle with constipation or you break out several days later, you're like, I didn't know they were related. The IgG antibody response that is what we see with food intolerances and sensitivities, it tends to kick in more slowly. It tends to be more mild than that IgG or IgE response, and it often lasts longer. If you are consuming foods to which you are intolerant, likely because you don't know you're intolerant, You're firing up your immune system over and over and over. And when we do that, the problems grow. They can initially feel mild, almost just, this is just the way I am. Low energy, trouble losing weight, chronic fatigue, joint pain, acne, digestive issues. But those problems will continue to grow. Maybe not in days or weeks, but in months, they certainly will. And years, they certainly will because your body's resources are diverted to handle this overreactive immune response, and then those resources aren't available for things like metabolism and energy production and healing. So let me say from the start that if you find out that you are intolerant to something, it doesn't mean that you will be intolerant forever. You might be, but you might not be. This food intolerance might have stemmed from your impaired immune system, and once you remove that irritant and allow your gut to heal and allow your immune system to strengthen, you might find that you no longer have that intolerance, right? You might be feeling amazing, okay? And I hope you are. I hope you don't have any intolerances that you don't know about, right? You might not be consuming anything that you are sensitive to. If you are feeling amazing, you feel great after you eat, you have regular solid bowel movements, which means about one to three a day, you don't have bloating or gas or indigestion, you might be a-okay, and I hope you are. But if you have issues like acne or rashes, rosacea, if you have cognitive or behavioral issues ranging from ADD, ADHD, anxiety, depression, trouble concentrating, mood swings. If you have digestive issues, whether that's burping or acid reflux, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, gas, nausea, I could go on and on and on and on. Basically, if something's not right, then you might have a food intolerance and not know it. So let's start by talking about the most common foods to which people Are intolerant. And I'll tell you mine at the end, and I'm also gonna link uh, to the test results that I got back so you can take a look at them for yourself and see all the different things that test for. I'm not selling this test, I don't make any money off of it. I'm just sharing my experience with you. So the most common ones are gonna be alcohol, dairy, eggs, gluten, GMOs, and I recently did an episode on that that I will link up in the show notes. Grains and grain-like foods, legumes, nuts and seeds, and nightshade vegetables. And there are non-food factors that exacerbate these food intolerances, right? So you're not necessarily intolerant to these lifestyle things, but they make your intolerances worse. Things like parasites or bacterial imbalances or yeast infections, antibiotic treatment, birth control pills, exposure to mold. Stress, whether that's physical stress or emotional stress, we're going to focus on the food stuff today. The reason that these foods are the biggest offenders is because there's something in each of these foods that impairs the lining of your gut, and you have to listen to episode 237 to understand why that is such a big deal. Most of our nutrient absorption happens in the small intestine. We need the lining of the small intestine to be intact, to be tight, for there to not be gaps. We need the cells to be super close without any breaches in that wall. And these common food intolerances, they aggravate the inside of the small intestine and they create opportunities for stuff to get through that shouldn't. And that triggers an immune response and it makes your immune system overreactive to the point where it attacks things it shouldn't whether that's foods it shouldn't, or even our own body tissues, okay? It's like when there's a a breach in the wall of the small intestine. It's like an alarm goes off, an alarm telling the immune system, attack, 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 something got through that shouldn't be in here. And when we keep setting off the alarm and the alarm never goes off, right? It never ends, it never shuts off. It's chaos, And so all of our immune soldiers, all of our immune cells that are out there to attack and defend and protect, they're just attacking everything because it's constant chaos. And we often create that chaos with every bite of food that contains things to which we are sensitive or intolerant. And I know for me, even though my list wasn't long, I kind of expected it would be, but my list of things to which I am sensitive was not long, one of them. I was consuming almost every day and sometimes multiple times a day. So yeah, my immune system was in a constant state of chaos, like attack, 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 attack. We don't know what it is, but something is wrong. So take everything by storm. And this constant chaos, guys, it is not just an energy issue and a fat loss issue. It is the starting point of almost all disease. So let's start by talking about gluten, and I've done a detailed episode on gluten, so I'm not going to go into the nitty-gritty on what gluten is and what it's in and why it causes reactions. I'll link to that episode in the show notes over at primalpotential.com. But in short, gluten is a protein, and it's a component of wheat and most grains, and a lot of people will say, oh, I don't have celiac disease or I don't have a gluten allergy, so I'm okay. Remember that when we're talking about a true allergy to gluten, we're talking about that IgE reaction, but we're not talking about that today. With intolerances and sensitivities, we're talking about the IgG reaction. One of the primary issues with gluten is that consuming gluten triggers the production of something called zonulin. And zonulin is a troublemaker because it goes into the intestine and it loosens up all those tight junctures in the wall of the small intestine. So it basically makes your gut leaky. It creates a situation where stuff is getting through that shouldn't and those alarms are sounding of the immune system. It impairs your immune response. There's another huge issue with gluten and I talk about this a little bit in episode 237 and that is mistaken identity. If you are sensitive to gluten, you have antibodies, specific little patrol guys, that are on the lookout for gliadin. Gliadin is one of the components of gluten, and these antibodies are like, where's gliadin? Where's gliadin? If we see gliadin, we have to attack, right? Unfortunately, these antibodies that patrol for gliadin, when you have the sensitivity, they also attack things that look a lot like gliadin. Things like your thyroid tissue, your own body's thyroid tissue, or casein, which is a component of dairy. So because of this very rampant mistaken identity issue for people who are sensitive to gluten, if you are sensitive to gluten, you really want, for now, until you've healed your gut as best you can, avoid corn, avoid dairy, avoid rice, and avoid yeast. I want to talk about legumes, which is beans as well as peanuts. Peanuts fall into the legume family. The issue here, and I wrote a blog post on this like eons ago. I'll link that up in the show notes as well. Legumes contain lectins. Lectins are proteins, and like zonulin... They irritate that small intestine and they make it permeable so stuff can get through that shouldn't, triggering that alarm of the immune system. And seeds can be a problem too. They're a very, very common food to which people are intolerant. Seeds have these innate defense mechanisms and the shell of a seed is one of those defense mechanisms and these defense mechanisms are there to protect it. But they also have internal defense mechanisms. And then when we consume something that has these internal defense mechanisms, our body has to sort of go, wait, this thing's trying to protect itself and we're trying to digest it and there's tension there and that tension triggers inflammation. And inflammation is one of the biggest things that impairs our immune system. When we're talking about seeds, one of their defense mechanisms are something called glutinins, okay? has nothing to do with gluten. But if you remember just the glue part of it, these guys, these defense mechanisms in seeds, they bind to your immune cells. Think like glue. They stick themselves to your immune system, okay? These are components of seeds. And when these immune cells, and these immune cells, their job is to keep you healthy... When these immune cells have these monkeys on their backs, they can't function properly. They can't do what they need to do when they have something stuck to it like glue. And that was a poem, and I get bonus points for that. Both seeds and legumes also contain protease inhibitors. Protease inhibitors are blocking the enzymes that metabolize protein, essentially, which is an issue for a whole lot of other reasons, but related to what we're talking about today, protease inhibitors in general are pro-inflammatory. So they're going to aggravate things and incite an immune response, sound those alarms. And these protease inhibitors are found in seeds and legumes. We want to eliminate the inflammation, right? We don't want to trigger it with every bite of food we take. Next up, is nightshade vegetables. Nightshade vegetables include peppers, not black pepper that you sprinkle on your food, but like hot peppers, bell peppers, eggplant, white potato, tomatoes. Those are your most common nightshade vegetables. And these vegetables contain glycoalkaloids, all right? And these glycoalkaloids do two things. They trigger your immune response, number one, sound those alarms, no bueno. And they also feed your unhealthy bacteria, which is one of the big issues with immune challenges. When your bacterial balance is jacked up, which these nightshade vegetables can do, when your bacterial balance is jacked up, you do not have the strength of the immune system that you need. I wanna talk about eggs, and then I wanna touch on caffeine really quickly. With eggs, lots of people are sensitive to eggs. They fall into the category of being confused with gluten, antibody confusion. The antibody responds and triggers your immune system in a case of mistaken identity, all right? The other issue with eggs, and it's related, we're talking about defense mechanisms again, when we consume things that have these internal defense mechanisms that can be a little bit of an irritant to our body, eggs have a built-in defense mechanism meant to protect their yolk, lysozymes. Okay, the lysozymes in the egg are there to protect it, but this also inflames the gut and triggers systemic inflammation in people who are sensitive. Caffeine's a really simple one. Because it is a stimulant, it just is an aggravant. Okay, is that even a word? An aggravator, an aggravant? I really like aggravant better than aggravator, so it's a word now. Caffeine is pro-inflammatory because it aggravates your body because it's a stimulant, right? If you want to see, if you have intolerances, cut out all of these things for three to four weeks and pay attention to whether or not you feel better. Yeah, you do have to do it all at once because if you cut out one and you don't feel better and then you cut out another one and you're not really sure, maybe you do understand that some of these things work synergistically. And so the most effective way to do this is to say, I'm going to cut out all of these common allergens, which is what I did for three or four weeks and I'm going to see if there's any difference in how I feel. And if there is, I'm going to add them back in one at a time with about two or three weeks in between. So let's say the first thing I want to add back in is eggs. I'm going to have some eggs, then I'm going to give it a few weeks, maybe having eggs a couple of times a week for two or three weeks, and see if I still feel great. If I don't feel great anymore, the eggs were likely the problem. And if I do, then If I do feel great, then I can move on to adding back in one of the next things that I had removed, okay? So that's the approach. You also, of course, can take an allergy test, which is what I did as well. But I'll tell you what, here's what happened with me. They told me that it was going to take like five weeks to get my allergy results back and I didn't want to wait that long. So I thought, well, in the meantime, I'll cut out all of these things and I'll tell you what. I felt better in a matter of probably three or four days cutting out, and I wasn't doing wheat or anything like that, I didn't consume that beforehand, but cutting out the nightshade vegetables and cutting out the dairy and the eggs, I felt better. Now, when my results came back, I wasn't allergic to any of those things. I am, or I wasn't sensitive, sorry, I wasn't sensitive to any of those things. So even though I'm not testing as sensitive, Please understand that your body is going to let you know if something works for you or not. I was shocked that I was not sensitive to dairy because I know that I experience bloating and acne when I have dairy on a regular basis, but I'm not sensitive to it. But you know what? Screw the test. My body tells me I'm sensitive to it. So you really got to listen to your body. The one thing that shocked me is that I am highly sensitive to garlic which some people, depends on where you read, some people will say it's in the nightshade family. Some people will say it's because it's so close to being a FODMAP, but that's the issue. It doesn't really matter. But my point is, I was still eating garlic, but just cutting out all these other things to which I wasn't sensitive made me feel a whole lot better. So don't just rely on the test results is what I am saying, because I could say, oh, well, the test says dairy is fine, but my body's telling me dairy's not fine, Right. So it's really important that you don't value black and white test data more than you value the feedback from your body. if you're thinking, well, if I cut out all those things, what the heck am I going to eat? I snack on seeds and I have eggs every day. There's so much you can eat. Don't freak out. You can have beef, chicken, turkey, salmon, any kind of fish, right? Any type of game meat. You can have fruit. You can have almost all of your veggies. The nightshade family is pretty, pretty small, right? You can have avocado. You can have spices. Come on. You can have tons of stuff. So my results said that I have an intolerance to garlic and tilapia. I don't eat tilapia because I think it's the rat of the sea, but garlic and tilapia. And I am sensitive to peanuts, which I don't really eat. Avocado, who knew? And that was something I was continuing to eat before the test results. Yeast and whey. Um, and so I would have whey protein shakes every once in a while, not on a regular basis, but I certainly will limit that further now. So, uh, yeah, I am intolerant to garlic and to tilapia, and sensitive to peanuts, avocado, yeast, and whey. And like I said, I'll share with you guys my test results so you can see what all they looked like, looked at, uh, and I will link to the test that I took, not covered by insurance. I did a finger prick at home, or lots of finger pricks at home, and then I sent it off. It was a couple hundred dollars. I think it was 197 or something like that. Even if the test says you are not sensitive, listen to your body. All right, let's wrap up with what I ate yesterday. I had a pea protein shake with water um, and lots of coffee. And I, I know, I know, coffee's a common one, but I didn't, I was like, you know what? Avocado, that sucks. And garlic, that really sucks. But at least it didn't tell me that I'm intolerant to coffee because <laughs> we would have had a serious problem. Then I had um, coconut butter and celery and a can of salmon, totally random, just like eating whatever I could get my hands on that was easy. And then dinner was cauliflower rice and chicken thighs, which is one of my favorite things. And I made them in the crock pot since the weather is getting cooler. The crock pot is out of the cabinet so good. I hope you guys found this episode helpful. I'm going to link up to lots of resources over in the show notes at primalpotential.com. I hope you have a great day and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Are you ready to move beyond listening and learning and really change your life? Really live into your highest potential instead of just wishing for it and hoping something clicks? I want to do that with you, and that's why this fall, I'm hosting the first ever Primal Potential Women's Transformation Weekend, Ascend, in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th. It will be a small group, but you can get your ticket and learn all the details at primalpotential.com forward slash ascend, or by listening to episode 203 of the Primal Potential podcast. Here's what I know. Ascend will change your life, and I would love to have you join me. See you this fall. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with a mobile app, You can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.